Hello, and welcome back to the EV Life Podcast. I'm your host, Crystal Maharaj, and I'm here with Alison Bench, the producer of the EV Life Podcast. And today we have another great interview for you. I will be sitting down with Maria Kelleher of Kelleher Environmental. So, Allison, <laughs> you were able to listen to this interview. What did you think? Yeah, so uh, this episode in Kelleher Environmental is a company that focuses a lot on um, environmental research and policy development, as well as batteries and recycling of batteries. And so we really chatted with her about EV battery recycling and how that industry is going in Canada. And so I feel as though this is something that we hear about all the time, um, just from, you know, emails from our members and just talking to people about it. What happens to an EV battery after it's been used? And so she answered so many questions about not only the recycling process, but just how the industry in Canada is going to look in the yeah. coming years. Yeah. And, you know, as you, Allison pointed out, we get this question a lot, like what's going to happen with the batteries? It's a concern that so many people have. And we thought, well, what better way to get answers to these questions than to sit down with an environmental engineer who does this work? And so she answered all the questions that we had on EV batteries, kind of what happens to it. She even goes into um, some of the concerns around mining the metals for the batteries. It was just such an insightful conversation. She's so knowledgeable. I didn't know. And she pointed out that, um, you know, Canada is a leader when it comes to battery recycling, a global leader. I think Allison and I can really just ramble on about this interview because it was it was so insightful for us. But how about we just jump right into that? And again, this is my conversation with Maria Kelleher of Kelleher Environmental. Enjoy. Hi, Maria. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. You're welcome. If you don't mind, can you just tell us a little bit about your company, Kelleher Environmental, and the work your team does in relations to EVs and their batteries? Sure. So my company, Kelleher Environmental, I started in 2002. It's based in Toronto. Um, We do basically, I would say, mostly policy research. So if a government is trying to figure out what to do about an environmental issue uh, related to recycling or green energy or climate change. We've done a number of projects where we put the background together for them. And then based on the information we gather together, they're able to say, oh, we need to develop a policy on this or that. So it's really policy research leading to regulation or government policies. Mm -hmm. So on the uh, EV battery side, The first project we did was way back in 2015. So eight years ago, the CEC in Montreal was concerned about the growth in um, the sales of, at the time, mostly hybrids, but battery electric vehicles were coming. And they said, we need to have environmentally sound management of the batteries from these vehicles. So that was the first project we did. And since then, we've done a number of projects on recycling of EV batteries for the Government of Canada, Environment and Climate Change Canada, Natural Resources Canada, the Canadian Standards Association, the American Petroleum Institute, and some private sector clients. So some really important organizations and government bodies that you're doing research for. Can I ask how you got into this field? 
Well, my background is uh, I'm an environmental engineer by training and I got into the recycling business generally about 30 years ago. And uh, as time went by, different batteries were regulated. So lead acid batteries, consumer batteries. So it really started with looking at computers, you know, in about the year 2000, when the number of computers being sold were, was increasing rapidly. Environment Canada, as it was at the time, hired us to look at IT waste, you know, how much waste is going to be coming in the next 10 years from the IT sector. And of course, every laptop has a battery. And mm-hmm. then they started wondering what happens to the battery. So right. that's, that's how it all started. And then other things that have batteries followed, power tools, you know, right. uh, and then the electric vehicles. So that's really how I got into it. You know, this is a question that we get often from people. It's how long do EV batteries last? I, I think a lot of people have concerns about <laughs> buying an EV and having to replace it because they don't, it's v- still very new for a lot of people. And the We've kind of been told um, by experts that you have to look at the EV battery similar to how you look at an engine in an ICE vehicle. Um, Typically, they're made to last the lifetime of the car. But can you give us a little bit more insight into how long an EV battery typically lasts? Well, that's a very good question, because if you had asked me five years ago, um, I would have said eight to 10 years. But Mm -hmm. what we have found as the years have gone by is that they last a lot longer. So they last 12, 15, 18, 20 years is what we're thinking now. The new issue is that the battery probably actually lasts longer than the EV in which it was sold. Oh, wow. (laughs) So yeah, so the current, uh, we used to do our projections based on eight to 10 years. Now we do them based on 12 to 15 year life. And that that research is fairly new. I okay. would say it's come within the last year. Uh, a company in the in the UK, Circular Energy Storage, they really track battery life. And in fact, I was listening to a webinar with Dr. Jeff Don. He's he's an expert on lithium batteries in Dalhousie, and he said if you really manage your battery carefully, it could last fifty years. You know, if you manage the charging cycles. But anyway, um, to answer your question, I think people should not be worried about having to replace their battery if they've gotten a reasonably good one. And you know, most of the time you get a good one, you mightn't get such a great one. But they're they've got a good long guarantee anyway. I think mm-hmm. eight years or a hundred thousand kilometers. But as far as we know today, and it's as you say, very new. 12 to 15 years is what people think now. And that also emphasizes the importance of recycling the batteries, because if they might potentially outlive the lifespan of the car, you want to reuse that, right? Because another concern that we hear from people are the mining of the the, the metals for these batteries. And if we can reuse batteries, that reduces the need to mine new metals, Right. Yeah, absolutely. So people ask me that question all the time. They say, actually, I'm not buying an electric vehicle because of all the environmental damage the mining does to make the battery. Um, And I say, well, you need to look at the lifespan of the vehicle. So when you the first day you drive it, yes, you've taken on environmental burdens to get the lithium and nickel and cobalt and everything out of the mine and to make the battery. But 
the research is that once you've driven that electric vehicle 30,000 kilometers, you're way ahead compared to an ICE vehicle in terms of environmental impacts, because, of course, taking oil and gas out of the ground also has an impact. So when you look at the full life cycle, 30,001 kilometers, you're home free, Mm -hmm. like uh, you're equal and then you're way ahead because you're not burning fossil fuels. But getting back to what happens to the electric vehicle battery. So it lasts 12 to 15 years in in the car, then it can only hold a charge of maybe 80 percent. So it's not really suitable for running an electric vehicle, but it would it's great for energy storage. So what's beginning to happen and it's very new is a business is developing around reusing uh, these batteries in a second life. And we think that they might last another 10 years in that second life. And then they would go to a recycler. And what are some uses um, in the second life? So you said they're not really suitable for vehicles anymore. What are some alternative uses once they're kind of like only holding about 80% or less of its charge? Well, they go to people who test all the, uh, the electric vehicle batteries are made up of little lithium cells that are in packs and then they make up the battery. So they test all the packs and cells and they pick out the good ones. And sometimes they just create a new electric vehicle battery that's either that's reconditioned Mm -hmm. and lots of people are interested in them. They've got electric vehicle that's going great. They get a reconditioned um, electric vehicle battery for less. Um, And if they find that the battery cells are not suitable for that, Uh, They recombine them into energy storage units. So if you've got a solar panel on the roof of your house, if you have a battery, you can, you know, make energy during the day, store it in the battery, use it at night. Same with wind. So the energy storage units get um, sort of bolted onto renewable systems and then you've got a complete system or they can be backup power. They're made into all kinds of things like there's a group in Montreal, EVB 360. They put them into golf carts, solar rooftops, all kinds of um, different applications, drones, you know, um, like just applications that don't need as as much of power as an electric vehicle does. Mm-hmm. Are there considerations when we're talking about recycling, like the lithium ion itself, is that more of like a complex process? Are you able to just explain the process a little bit more? So I know you mentioned that when you're looking at a, a battery that can no longer, it's no longer suitable for an EV, they'll take out those uh, individual cells and, um, you know, assess them. But what about the ones that aren't, um, like those little individual cells, if maybe they don't have any juice anymore, are there considerations right. for how those are recycled? Oh, yeah. I mean, we have leading edge recyclers here in Canada. I mean, we are leaders in this EV battery, lithium ion battery recycling business. So we have three main companies right now. Um, Serber Solutions in BC have been recycling lithium batteries for 40 years. So they're well set up to take an, an electric vehicle battery or if you don't have the whole electric vehicle, if you send the electric vehicle battery to them, they have, you know, a system to dismantle it. 
then so what they do, let's take an electric vehicle battery, goes off to the West Coast, they'll take it in, um, they'll break it down manually uh, and they'll take the cells out and they'll put them into a process that creates what we call black mass. And that black mass is then, uh, it has lots of lithium, nickel, cobalt, um, manganese, but this the nickel and cobalt there that are the, of most interest right now. Mm-hmm. Um, that gets shipped up to Glencore and Sudbury and they have a smelter. So they put the black mass into the smelter and they get the nickel and the cobalt out as metal. So those two metals are then go back into what we use nickel and cobalt for all kinds of applications, including batteries. Um, but new processes are in development by a number of companies as well as service solutions to, in fact, take the black mass and get all the chemicals out of it um, and upgrade them to chemicals that would be then sold back into the battery business to make new batteries. Interesting. I didn't yeah. know that Canada was sort of like leading in. I I I I say that every chance I get. <laughs> Canada is a leader. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I say it every time because typical Canadian, you know, modest. <laughs> but yeah, um, I'm not a bit afraid to say we have leading companies here. Service Solutions in BC, Lithion in Quebec, mm-hmm. uh, Lifecycle, which is a very successful company based in Ontario with facilities in the U.S. as well as uh, in Canada. So um, this new way of recycling the lithium batteries is, um, I would say, pretty well there, but hasn't gotten, uh, you know, the business is not scaled up in a big way yet because we don't have the supply yet because the electric vehicle batteries are a fairly new thing in the business. So as more people begin to adopt EVs, what needs to happen in the industry to ensure that we're properly recycling these batteries and not letting them go to waste or, you know, becoming environmental hazards? Well, first of all, there's no way they're going to go to waste and become an environmental hazard because there's too much valuable material in them. Um, So probably a few thousand dollars worth of valuable metal. So you know, people used to say to me, oh, they'll get dumped on the side of the road, you know, worried about illegal dumping. They'll go on landfills. And I say none of that is going mm-hmm. to happen. Number one, they weigh a half a ton. Some of them <laughs> weigh 500 kilos. So right. it's the, the weight of a bear. Right. So you're yeah. not going to tip it out of the back of the pickup truck on the side yeah. of the road because it's way too heavy. Um, so. I think what people are finding, like auto recyclers are beginning to get them in. People say, look, I'll take the battery because I need to run some um, lights on my construction site and they'll be fine for that. You know, you charge it up and then you've got your electricity at night. Right. So I think what needs to happen, we do have the recyclers. We have two companies that reuse and recondition and repurpose electric vehicle batteries today. In Canada, one in Montreal or outside Montreal and one in B.C. So I think what needs to happen um, is happening. The governments are watching electric vehicle batteries. They're doing a lot of research on what's the best way to regulate the management of these batteries. I think one of the issues is how do you track a battery if it was in an EV for 12 years and then it's gone off into a second life? How do you keep track of where it goes? Mm -hmm. Um, and in fact, in Europe, 
they have a new EU regulation which has got a battery passport. Oh, that's interesting. Cell, yeah, every cell in the battery has a, has a digital passport. Um, Do you think they, that's something they, we'll adopt in Canada soon? Well, we'll see how it goes in Europe. You know, it's not, I think um, it's being tested right now, but um, the reason for the battery passport, I suppose, partly was to check the provenance of the material that goes into the battery. Like, where mm. did this material come from? And one of the concerns, of course, is that the cobalt, some of the batteries have, not all, uh, but the cobalt comes from the Democratic Republic of Congo. Yes. People had concerns about um, child labor and, and, you know, not good environment practices there. Right. And so the battery passport would say, no, this cobalt didn't come from the DRC. It came from Canada. Uh, so that was the idea. Uh, the last time I listened to a presentation on it about a year ago was a German company that were beta testing it to see how it would work. So I would say it's a wait and see um, mm-hmm. to see how it works. So I would let that one for a while and um, just see how it goes in Europe. So was it really started... Um, just for peace of mind, so people aren't, um, I guess, worrying about if they're, the metals in the batteries in their cars are mined ethically? Yeah, that it's really, you know, ESG requirements, environmental, social governance concerns mm-hmm. among companies and consumers are saying, you know, we really want this to be circular economy, sustainable resources that meet all these social goals like the social equity, environmental laws, all that bundle of concerns go into the battery. But the EU battery regulation has a lot more requirements. The battery passport is only one of them, but they want recycled content in their batteries. They want the batteries designed to be easily reused, repurposed and on and on and on. There's a big whack of requirements now for people putting batteries on the market in Europe. Right. Interesting. And it'll be interesting to see if Canada adopts some of those regulations. I know Europe is quite a bit ahead of us in terms of adoption of EVs. And so I feel like, as you kind of pointed out, we watch and see what's happening over there. And then. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, Canada is catching up and so is the US. But really, the country that's way ahead is China. Like they they dwarf everybody else's efforts in terms of electric vehicles. And I was just um, reading a note from someone who was just in China. And he said, what is noticeable is how much quieter the cities are. Oh, wow. Yeah. Everyone's in an EV. EV, And it's quiet. Yeah. So that was just something I hadn't even thought about, but it was an interesting comment. Nice. So I want to ask you about this report that you recently co-authored. It was on standardization and safety requirements when it comes to the lithium-ion batteries for EVs. What were some of the biggest takeaways from that report that you can share with us? Well, I think the the purpose of the study was to say this thing's happening and where do we need standards and what are the safety requirements you have to think about? So if we talk about standards... um, There's a sort of a, when you're in an early stage business, you don't really want standards until you have figured out what the business looks like. And then you say, oh, I see where we need a standard for this and a standard for that. But a business has to be around for a while to really see where the needs are. 
And so we interviewed 30 people along the supply chain to see where they thought standards would be good. And for the most part, they said, look, um, if you put in a standard, the innovation really stops. The people who are behind kind of get up to the standard, but the people who are at the standard or ahead of the standard stop innovating. Mm. So you have to be careful not to stifle innovation. And in the UK, um, they actually developed a standards roadmap where they said, uh, this is what the business looks like. These are all the activities. And this is where we think a standard may be needed either today or some point in the future. So one of our recommendations was to do a standards roadmap for EV batteries in Canada um, and then pick the time that would be good to actually um, develop the standards. When people have enough experience and recognize what the issues are. Um, so that was one of our recommendations. We also um, talked about this second life business that I've mentioned earlier. This second life and repurposing of batteries is a potentially great business. But the people we talked to in the business said, you know, we need a few things. A standard might not be a bad idea for us because then when we go to a municipality or an insurance company or a bank, they actually know what the business consists of. Right. Um, but there's so few companies, you know, it's, it's, it's too early stage to do that. And one of the other things we uh, suggested uh, was to create a guideline for calculating the environmental footprint of recycling and reusing and repurposing batteries. So people understand the big benefit environmentally of the recycling and reuse repurposing side. I think everyone gets it, but if we could put a number around it, it would be really great, especially greenhouse gas emission reductions as a result of recycling and reusing. Right. And then the other thing we said would be good would be if a publicly available projection of how many end of life uh, batteries we're going to have for the next 30 years mm -hmm. roughly was done um, and the reason for that would be so that companies could see how many uh, how big the market is going to be 10 years out which right. which of course company 10 15 20 years out companies need those kind of projections for business planning and investment. So no one's going to invest if there's no batteries around. So they need to know there's a supply coming at some point and they need to know when is it coming. And the complication <laughs> with this issue is that it, the, the batteries have a long life to start right. with. Yeah, more, longer life. than you initially thought, right? Way longer. So from the day they went on the market, we have to figure out when are they going to be truly dead and ready to be recycled. So what we are finding actually now is that the recycling companies are getting built, but they are saying that for the next, uh, up until at least 2030, most of their feedstock they think will be production scrap, mm. not actually end of life vehicle batteries. Interesting. So that's why in your report, um, you have the end of life EV lithium ion battery projections for 2050. So that makes yeah. sense now. That date makes sense because I was kind of wondering why there weren't uh, projections for, say, you know, 2026, 2030, like, you know, a little bit sooner. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can develop them. They're a small number because, right. of course, you don't see the bat. You have to count the day. Okay. So EVs really only started getting to be big in number in about 2020. So you have to count out 
okay, I put it on the market in 2020. It might be end of life 2032 and it might, you know, last right. another 10 years, 2042. That's not the case for all of them. So any modeling you do has to count, okay, some of them, you know, 2% of them, um, a certain number are in car crashes. So you're, you know, if they're right. not that damaged, you can use them again. Um, or do or you recycle them for sure, even if they've been in a fire. Um, and so you have to count out all the pieces that get taken out of this out of the system one way or another. Um, so that's the, so you need to plan out for many years into the future for investment. If you are in a collision with an EV, are the batteries still able to be recycled? Um, especially if there is a fire from that collision, can you still reuse uh, elements of the battery? The recyclers tell me it can be recycled. If it's in a fire, definitely, as far as I understand it, you're not putting it in another vehicle because it's it's been damaged. So, okay. um, yeah, so people, as you probably know, are extremely careful about lithium ion batteries because yes. occasionally they'll short, short circuit. So uh, so people are hyper careful about how they use them. OK, well, Thank you so much for this interview. I, I feel like I've learned so much just from talking to you. And I'm sure our listeners appreciate this because you really covered a couple topics that we've heard are big concerns for people, right? And it's like, what happens to the batteries, right? That That is a, a big concern for people, um, how they're going to be recycled. And also, you kind of touched on some of the ethics around the mining of it. And I I think this this has been such a helpful interview for myself. And I'm sure for our listeners as well. Oh, that's great. I mean, the main message I get across is don't worry about what happens to the battery. It will be looked after by somebody because number one is extremely heavy and number two, it has a lot of valuable metals in it. Well, thank you once again. And if our listeners would like to find your reports and get in touch with you, what would be the best way for them to find you? Oh, if they go on my website, Kelleher Environmental, all the reports are there with links to the reports that are public. We'll link to that in our show notes. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to today's interview. If you have thoughts or questions about our conversation, you can always connect with us in the EV Life group on the AMA mobile app. So just download the app and join our group. And Allison and I are always in there and happy to answer your questions or just chat with you. Uh, as always, make sure that you're subscribed to the podcast wherever you listen to your podcast and you'll never miss an interview. We'll talk to you next week.